This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Hey, good morning. This is Doug Field, the CEO of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, along with my co-host Brent Macy, Managing Director, and welcome to this week's uh, edition of Healthcare Consumers Radio. Good morning, Brent. Good morning, Doug. How are you? I'm good. we got a packed show uh, today, so we're going to kick right off, and we're actually really pleased to have a group uh, that's partnering us. We're out in Las Vegas around IHC Forum West, our audience, we are uh, partnering with Las Vegas Heals, which is one of the leading healthcare coalition groups, uh, pulling together all stakeholders in the healthcare community in Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Bureau to really make our attendees much more aware of medical tourism and what uh, Las Vegas is doing and the opportunities in Las Vegas. So, and joining us to talk about uh, what we're doing together is Doug Geisner, CEO of Las Vegas Heals. Doug, good morning. Good morning, guys. Thanks hey. for having me today. We're good, man. Thanks, thanks for uh, taking some time out of your day and joining us bright and early. You bet. Hey, Doug, give our audience a little backgrounder on Las Vegas Heels. So Las Vegas Heels started out actually as an economic uh, development initiative, what we call a cluster, uh, back in 2001. It was in response to September 11th. Uh, we looked at how we needed to diversify our economy and Healthcare was one of those areas that we looked at where we had some uh, some great promise. So mm-hmm. what started out is 11 folks sitting around the table talking about what it would take to bring the healthcare community to get together to improve access and improve quality of healthcare. Today we represent a little over 22,000 healthcare professionals in Las Vegas. And we uh, started this journey to position Las Vegas as the most globally recognized destination for health and wellness travel a couple years back, and we just concluded our strategic planning process. So we're real excited about that plan. Yeah, we're real excited about uh, showcasing what you're doing to our attendees. Uh, talk a little bit more about that, the relationship with the Visitors and Convention Bureau and what we're, what we're going to be doing together around medical tourism in Las Vegas. Sure. So, obviously, medical and tourism have two different components. And the LVCVA, the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority, uh, by far is the best CVA out there in the United States. They, uh, they're responsible for managing the brand of Las Vegas and also attracting close to about 40 million visitors a year to our destination. Uh, and then, obviously, Las Vegas Hills brings that healthcare component to the equation. Uh, but we partnered up to make this a reality. We've been getting a tremendous amount of support and uh, from the Governor's Office of Economic Development, our local regional economic development authority, as well as the local university, UNLV, which uh, has the best hospitality program in, in the world. So it's, uh, it's truly a community effort to make this uh, vision of medical tourism come to fruition. And, you know, medical tourism is now, I mean, you know, wh- wh- where this market has turned to look at domestic medical tourism versus the international medical tourism just makes so much sense. And employers and those working with them are really, you know, leaning forward right now to look at ways to lower their health care span, provide better alternatives and outcomes for their employee consumers. And I think that's what uh, is exciting about what we're doing to showcase uh, there in Las Vegas. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, um, you know, what we realized in Las Vegas, we have some of the world's best practitioners that relocated to Las Vegas to deliver care. Uh, and then we've got the infrastructure. You know, Las Vegas accommodates for almost 40 million visitors a year. So we have more flight uh, lift that comes in and out of Las Vegas. We've got 156,000 hotel rooms uh, to support the initiative. So we're well positioned for it. Now, 
our, our value proposition really is all about quality. Uh, there's a lot of folks out there throughout the world for international travel that focus on the low-cost variable. And uh, we look at, we feel, you know, patients are looking for a quality outcome. At the end of the day, that's what matters. Yeah. Take us through, you know, there, there's going to be several different ways our uh stakeholders coming to our event are going to be able to participate and get to know what's happening in Las Vegas. Uh, one is going to be the FAM trip. Two is going to be the uh, dedicated area in the uh, exhibit hall. And then three will be actually, you know, various stakeholders from your group coming in, attending, and, and uh, networking. But talk about the FAM trip because I think it's very, very exciting about the three destinations that you're going to showcase to our attendees. Sure. So we've organized a uh, what we call a fam trip in Las Vegas, where we uh, load some folks on a bus and we take them for a trip and we show off the assets that we have here in Las Vegas. Uh, we'll be visiting three of our providers that are very well positioned and already do a tremendous amount of medical tourism. Uh, the first uh, stop on the on the trip will be with Dignity St. Rose Dominican Hospital's uh, Stanford Cardiology Program. So Stanford Clinics partnered with this local hospital to develop a cardiovascular program, and it's the first time that Stanford Clinic's affiliated with a hospital outside of California. So it's a pretty big deal here in Las Vegas, and uh, they're building up their ranks of world-class cardiovascular, and they even uh, brought on a thoracic surgeon last week. Uh, So it's going to be real exciting to see what they're doing over there, and it's, again, world-class doctors that have relocated uh, to be able to participate in this medical tourism model and, and deliver care to the world's population. Uh, after that, we'll be visiting with Curvetti Orthopedics and Care Suites. So Dr. Curvetti is a world-renowned orthopedic surgeon doing um, complete hip and knee replacements. And it's done in an outpatient setting, uh, but his outcomes have been absolutely stellar. His infection rates are the lowest out there in the, in the country, uh, and he's just really built the model around that medical traveler. He's got a concierge right there on site that uh, helps facilitate the process, make sure that the patient uh, is being taken care of at all times, getting their uh, newspaper from their hometown, their favorite foods, and more importantly, taking care of the companions, you know, uh, a lot of these medical travelers, they all travel with a, uh, a spouse or a loved one or a companion, and many times the destination uh, forgets that. So while they're in town, we want to make sure that they are uh, well taken care of. The third location that we'll be stopping by is uh, Desert Springs Hospital Surgical Weight Loss uh, Center, and they've got two am- absolutely amazing bariatric surgeons that act, work and perform these surgeries as a team. Uh, we think that that's unique where you've got uh, two surgeons uh, in the operating room at, uh, at the time of the procedure, and they're ensuring a quality outcome. And what they've been able to do is reduce the time to uh, get that patient back healthy. And as we all know, that gastric sleeve that's being used so much out there nowadays, it has been identified as the number one reducer of type 2 diabetes. So it's a pretty big deal. And again, all of these practices have been built uh, to handle a high volume of patients for medical travel. Yeah, you know, and to our audience, I was able to uh, visit with each of these facilities and the uh, executives leading these groups with Doug and Cheryl and was 
thoroughly impressed and pleased and uh, particularly with the message for you, the employers and those working with the employers out there and, you know, talking about the bariatric treatment, the CEO of that group drinks his own Kool-Aid. I mean, I, I was completely blown away with how has it worked for him and where he's living his life today, you know, uh, because of that treatment. Yeah, Sam's an amazing individual. He, uh, you know, he he preaches what he does, and uh, Sam battled his weight challenges for some time. And here he was the he was the gentleman that was responsible for bringing on these two world class surgeons. Yeah. And he stepped into the operating room himself and had the, the the surgery done. And he's lost just a tremendous amount of weight. He's back to an active lifestyle. Obviously, that. Uh, helps mitigate issues with uh, knees in the future uh, because those weight issues typically have a, an impact on orthopedics as well. So, but yeah, Sam Sam went through the process. I don't know how many pounds he's lost, but he looks amazing. And uh, he's actually out there in, in the commercials for the, uh, the, the procedure and really making sure that the patients get an exceptional outcome and exceptional care while they're here in Las Vegas. Doug, this is Brent. One of the um, things that I'm hearing you, you talk about is is really, you know, cost, quality, um, ease of, of, you know, there's the outpatient aspect and, and kind of the the way that they treat the patients that come in. If I'm an employer, what are some other benefits for me to consider taking my employee, employee populations that might have one of these um, procedures done and, and flying them to Las Vegas? You know, so I think the first thing is employers – what they want is a healthy employee. And if they've got an employee that is not at the highest level of productivity, they're not getting the return on investment that they're making in that employee. So they're looking to get that, uh, that employee back uh, working and healthy. And I think that's something that we're able to accommodate out here. So being able to uh, bring that patient out and obviously get them a quality outcome, get them back to work quickly is what's important to that employer. Uh, when you're able to reduce the cost structure for that, it just makes sense. When you're looking at a, a you know a case and you're saying, okay, that typically would cost me, let's just throw a ballpark figure out there, fifty thousand uh, dollars, and now I'm able to take my patient, get a better outcome, give them a world class experience, allow the the companion or the family member to travel with that patient, uh, and have that same experience with them, and as an employer. Not only am I getting a better outcome, but I'm also able to save 25, 30%, sometimes even more than that. That's what it's all about. It's everybody wins there. Yeah, Doug, we've got about uh, three minutes to go, you know, on, on radio. Uh, time flies when we're having fun here. I really appreciated your time here. Kind of wrap this up and leave our audience with uh, a couple good takeaways. Sure. So Las Vegas is probably the only destination in the United States that has come together as a community. Uh, to make sure that we achieve the goal of becoming the most globally recognized destination for health and wellness travel. Uh, being able to align everybody from the governor's office to the local regional development authorities to hospital administrators to the surgeons to uh, the administrators to the facilitators and the uh, convention authority, that's what makes a difference. It creates a seamless process for patients being able to come out here, receive an exceptional level of care, uh, receive an exceptional experience while they're here visiting uh, the you know the, the uh, entertainment capital of the world. So it's a it's a great opportunity, and we're looking uh, we're just entering this space. So it's we've got a, a great future ahead of us, and we're looking forward to the partnership with IHC and meeting all of your members uh, when they're out here in November. Thanks, Doug. I really really appreciate it. Uh, and to our audience out there, um, 
you can go to the forum website, T-H-E-I-H-C-C-Forum.com, and you can access more information on what we're doing here with Las Vegas Heels and uh, the Las Vegas Convention and, and uh, Visitors Bureau. Doug, you have a great, great uh, Labor Day weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. And, and again, we really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you all. Have a great weekend. Take care. Right. And to the rest of our audience, stay tuned for the next segment of Healthcare Consumers and Radio. Hey, everybody. This is Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. And you've heard us talk a lot about private healthcare exchanges on the program. For anyone who's interested in listening to this program now, visit privatehealthcareexchanges.com and enter promo code IHC Radio for special discounts on subscriptions to the site. Certification. Do you know why becoming a certified healthcare consumerism specialist is more important than ever in 2014? Adding this specialized designation to your credentials tells employers or your clients that you understand how much our industry has changed and how to navigate that change successfully. IHC University's certification program offers coursework both online and live at their biannual forum conference series, and testing is completed online. Reaffirm your position as a leader in the health and benefit management industry. Download our certification overview and learn more at www.theihcc.com. That's www.theihcc.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Hey, everybody. Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. And it's that time again. I want to make you aware of IHC Forum West, November 10th through 12th at the Red Rock Casino in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. We do have $99 Super Saver rates now available. Visit our website, theihcc.com, to register. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Hey, this is Doug Field along with Brent Macy. Welcome back to uh, Healthcare Consumers and Radio. And uh, joining us on the program today is a... Uh, new affiliate member that we're proud to uh, welcome uh, into this conversation. And Carlos has been on the radio with us before, but Carlos Fiera, COO of uh, Solstice Benefits. Carlos, uh, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? We're great, thanks. Great to have you here. I really appreciate you having joined us and uh, uh, appreciate having you as a uh, new affiliate member of the Institute. You're doing a lot of innovative things with voluntary benefits and marketplaces. Uh, Give a little background to our audience, please. Sure. Thank you again for having me. We started out as an insurance company quite a number of years ago, and with the onset of the Affordable Care Act and consumerism, we branched out into a private exchange. Uh, our purpose, our exchange, and, and the we- reason we built it was targeted a lot towards the middle broker. Uh, they are squeezed out due to either the Affordable Care Act on the low end, um, whether it be state-driven or federally funded, or at the house, uh, big house levels. Mm-hmm. The everyday broker is being pushed more and more towards trying to get um, more and more business uh, from these large houses. Right. Our exchange is focused, again, from their perspective, so they can private label and have their own private exchange and add value add to their groups. Mm-hmm. 
Now, Carlos, when you when you look at um, this is Brent, when you kind of look at you know the space right now, and you look at the brokers out there, and as you mentioned, are are trying to add more things to their their toolkit that they have. You know, where do you see where do you what products do you see them adding to their toolkit um, prior? You know, post ACA. A lot of them are pushing the dental division and the life. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, from the, the client's perspective, it creates a lot of administrative hassle because each one of these new products that they're trying to instill in, in the employer groups is causing more invoices to be to be generated and more adjustments for every single employee that gets added, termed, etc. But that's what we see on the ancillary benefits. It's more of the dental vision of life and, and, and different offerings of each one of those. It's not just a dental product. It's usually two. It's not two. It's not one vision product. It's two. And life it could be anything from LDD, AD&D, et cetera. Hey, so, Carlos, does, does the exchange environment that you're providing to these brokers thus help both they and their employer clients you know, better manage this administrative burden? Is that one of the assets? It is the highlight of our yeah. private exchange Good. for the brokers because what we've created is a single source billing. Good. So the employer, the HR or chief financial officer, whomever it may be administering this, only needs to make an adjustment per employee one time and it downstream to all different products. As a single source billing, as a third party administrator, we then allocate the funds and submit the eligibility to each individual carrier by product, et cetera. Carlos, this is Brent. When you um you when you look at the brokers and, and what they're doing right now, they're trying to attract new customers and, and obviously keep the customers they have. What are some ways that brokers out there can create, you know, those long-term customers? Um, is that through an exchange, or are there some other ways that they can create that long-term customer? And also, how can they bring in some new customers into their business? Interestingly enough, we've lived in a service model for many years now, and as we look at the technology that hits us, a lot of companies are thinking, well, are we a service model or are we a technology model? The reality is that all services becoming a technology. With the increase of, of private exchanges, as you see the booming te- uh, technology out there, more and more organizations, especially in that middle market, are going to be using technology, and those brokers who have that ability to supply that to their employers are the ones that are going to be more successful, not only from garnering the loyalty of their customers, but also the ability to add more and more benefits and more and more uh, products to their portfolio. Carlos, can can your exchange platform uh, be customized to include the major medical side, or are you you completely staying away from that and focusing on the supplemental ancillary voluntary exclusively? No, the exchange has both. It has either standard medical plans already there in several states, or a broker can put in whatever uh, carrier they want on both medical, dental, vision, and life products as well. So we don't limit the agent to just a carrier or two. If an agent is familiar with a particular carrier uh, from whatever one of those products, he or she can upload those products and, uh, and move forward and offer them accordingly. Excellent. Now, now your your exchange also can work in conjunction with, I mean, let's say I'm ABC broker and employer, and I'm not moving my major medical plan to an exchange. I'm going to do a full replacement HSA program, but your ancillary, voluntary, and supplemental exchange can work in conjunction with that same employer offering, right? 
They can go get absolutely. It can be just by itself on the ancillary, or it can combine all of that pieces from the enrollment side. We have tools that help not only the employer but also the employee from educational materials, Mm -hmm. uh, high deductible plans, uh, FSA, HSA, etc., and how that they can navigate through what those things are with all those acronyms, um, (laughs) especially at time of enrollment. What do you see, um, I'd be curious with your expertise and what you guys are doing uh, around innovation, what do you see happening this fall in the exchange environment? Well, from the brokerage perspective, it's booming. We have uh, we have gotten a huge amount of requests from the brokerage agency across the country clamoring to get these exchanges in place and having them move forward sooner than later. We expect a huge boom uh, on enrollment, not only on the individual side, but also on the group side, preparing for 2015. Obviously, 2016, with the onset of new uh, regulations from the federal government, we, we even see an even bigger growth. Yeah. That's what we see, too. Yeah, that's, that's why we're excited about Forum West coming up uh, November 10th, uh, time to kind of give our market some perspective on what's happening this fall enrollment and actually a, a strategic look because we, we think if there's a lot of reaffirmation coming out of this fall, and I think there will be, there will be challenges, too, coming up, that uh, 2016 is the big explosion year in this space. I would agree with you, and I look forward to that uh, West Forum as well. Yeah, Carl- Carlos and you guys are actually going to be participating with us on a on a workshop that's really focused on you know the change of you know ancillary and voluntary benefits in this whole fast moving you know healthcare consumerism marketplace. What do you see you know specifically around the ancillary products, how they're changing and and adapting themselves with all the the change that's taking place in the market? You know, it's very reactionary, uh, especially on the life products. I, I tend to compare it to the Amazon.com of the world when it comes to those types of benefits. There are so many different variations of what's out there from an ancillary perspective, and each individual where they used to enroll with an enroller is going to have to be able to see on, on, on whatever enrollment uh, platform they have, the educational material to make an, uh, an, an engaged decision rather than just pick whatever is out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the agent is going to have to supply a lot more educational material, a lot many more tools, helping them from a, uh, a long-term perspective and what, you know, questionnaires to the employee, you know, how is your lifestyle? Do you smoke, not smoke, etc.? Those are the standard ones. But what is your long-term goal? Almost like a financial planner so that someone can make a, an intelligent decision. Yeah, Carlos, did you see on this first phase, you know, this fall with some of the first implementations taking place that the brokers and employer clients are staying initially focused on those core supplemental health? You, you alluded to dental vision, maybe some gap, maybe some accident and life, you know, keeping it pretty close-knit and not getting off. I mean, I know identity theft is coming. I know they talk about patent insurance and other things. But stay into some of these core supplemental health. And that, and then the life product, too, I think is very important. I agree. It, it is a transitional period, and we still live in a world of uncertainty. I, I, I would expect in the next couple of years a lot more of the individual products uh, will be there where they're not going to be from a payroll perspective, but actually build individually to the employee, yet a, a 
a, an employer can say that they offer all these benefits are out there, and again, it's a marketplace, and they get to pick and choose yeah. whatever they want, yet the employer may not have to worry about the administrative burden of having to to deduct on payroll. Carlos, what do you see disability? Because it's, it's, it's that risk product that sometimes is, is ignored, and particularly would be concerning that consumers have to go out and now make that choice. Where do you see disability in the mix? You know, both as an employer and as a supplier, I, I see that continue to grow, especially with yeah. the uh, baby boomers getting older and older. Or we face a mortality uh, a lot sooner, especially as we see our parents, yet we live a lot longer, and we want to be able to live a, uh, a more fruitful life. Yep. So that has become a pretty hot commodity, for lack of a better word, within the insurance space. And uh, a lot more people are offering it, and a lot more employees are selecting it as well. So, so would you see the same thing with long-term care as well? Then uh, that one is exploding. Absolutely, I, I can't tell you how, how many times. Or if we look at our enrollment and look at trends last year versus this year, you know, who, who heard of long-term care five years ago? And, and now yeah. it's 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 in vogue. Carlos, with the and going back to the brokers um, and just the way they make make money, you know, whether it's it's from putting these exchanges in place, is there are there certain ancillary products, um, you know, that that they can put in place where their rev- they're going to see higher revenues, or are are the revenue streams, you know, similar across all these different products for the broker? It depends on on the broker and what his or her uh, expertise is. I've seen a myriad of those that are looking, obviously, for the higher premium. They get the higher commission, like products such as dental. Mm -hmm. In life, the commission is lower, but they're able to push that a whole lot easier, especially for an employer group that doesn't have a varied amount of benefits, where typically you had an employer that offered medical, maybe dental. Now, in order to give a a much bigger portfolio as an employer, uh, you can then add the, the vision life, LTD, critical care, cancer, et cetera. Now, Carlos, we got a, a couple minutes left on the program and, and really want to, you know, let you leave the audience with two or three really good takeaways on, you know, if I'm looking at an exchange, you know, what are some things that I need to, be, what are some questions I should be asking? And then if I'm looking at, you know, the ancillary products, what do I, what do I need to be asking um, around those products as well? Well, the first thing I would look at is the flexibility and the educational materials on an exchange. What tools are there that are going to help my employee make a dis- uh, an intelligent decision that they're going to be happy with? At the end of the day, the employer is still representing these carriers at, as their carriers of choice, and the carriers must be able to give out a, a really good benefit. If the employee doesn't know what they're selecting or are misinformed, they're still going to, for lack of a better word, ticket out on their HR person mm-hmm. from a... a uh, benefits perspective, obviously the most selected one after medical is dental and followed by vision and life. But, you know, as we get older, every every one of us is going to have to make a, a, an, a decision as to what's more important for us, whether it be a financial decision with a life insurance, can that create wealth for my children, or do I have to worry about uh, my health today and my children's health? And Carlos, let them know uh, how our audience can find you. Sure, it's uh, www.solsticebenefits.com. Yep, and Carlos, hey, we really appreciate you joining us on the program um, this morning. Have a great long weekend, and, and to everyone out there, um, Solstice Benefits is an affiliate member of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. You can find information on their company on our website as well, and um, as I mentioned, they will be participating in a workshop with us out at IHC Forum West um, November 10th through 12th in Las Vegas, and you can sign up to attend that workshop. You're going to learn a lot about what we just discussed 
discussed here. Um, and again, there, we have the $99 super saver rates, so definitely go sign up for that. Again, Carlos, thank you so much for your time. And uh, to the rest of our audience, stay tuned for the next segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Thank you. Membership. Are you an IHC member? Access to the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's breaking news, industry trends, expert blogs, and networking with IHC's industry-wide member community. IHC membership puts you at the focal point of the dynamic health and benefit industry, allowing you to join the conversation and collaborate with industry stakeholders and your peers. Your IHC membership includes a subscription to Healthcare Consumerism Solutions Magazine, Healthcare Exchange Solutions Magazine, annual publications Healthcare Solutions Superstars, and Healthcare Solutions Outlook, a free white paper, and much more. Sign up as a free IHC member or $99 premium IHC member today at www.theihcc.com. That's www.theihcc.com. Hey, everybody. This is Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. And you've heard us talk a lot about private healthcare exchanges on the program. For anyone who's interested in listening to this program now, visit privatehealthcareexchanges.com and enter promo code IHC Radio for special discounts on subscriptions to the site. Solution providers, are you aware of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's multiple marketing platforms? You're invited to get a little closer to IHC with our Solution Provider Membership Marketing Program. Through IHC's exclusive Solution Provider Membership, your business gets an all-access pass to engaging your prospects. This membership embeds your business within the Institute, which immediately aligns your company, its solutions, and your key executives with the nationally credible IHC brand and shows your support of the healthcare consumerism movement as a market-wide solution. And that's just the beginning. Contact IHC's Managing Director, Brent Macy, today at bmacy at the IHCC.com. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Healthcare Consumerism Radio. This is Brent Macy, Managing Director of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, joined with Doug Field, CEO and founder of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. And we, um, we're actually going to move our news and views to this segment here today. And, um, you know, we had some, some pretty, uh, interesting news come out last week. We, um, you know, we selected the award winners for our 2014 Healthcare Consumerism Superstars in, uh, Industry Innovators and wanted to touch a little bit on that. Um, here in this segment, but also wanted to to kind of reaffirm, you know, everything about the IHC and everything that we do here, um, which includes this this radio program that you're listening to now. But really, give you the overview of what we do um, from a media standpoint to really support this whole healthcare consumerism. Um, marketplace that's that's created itself out there and and really emerged as, as something that Doug saw back in 2006 and here we are today it's moving faster and, and gaining you know more and more speed you know every day with with some of the elements that are coming into play in the healthcare consumerism space and um, you know our our whole niche obviously is around healthcare consumerism but we have an audience of over 70,000 employers brokers consultants TPAs, health plans, and even the solution providers in the space that you hear on this program are part of that 70,000 number. And our main goal is really to educate 
that those 70,000 stakeholders on all the moving pieces to healthcare consumerism, which we always talk about, is not just an HSA with a high deductible. It's about all the moving pieces. HSAs with high deductibles are a part of that. But you got to look at the healthcare transparency. You got to look at exchanges. You got to look at voluntary benefits that we just heard about. Um, and so we're communicating that. Through all our media properties, which is, again, this radio program, our events that we produce twice a year, um, one in Atlanta, one in Las Vegas, our publications that we produce, uh, healthcare consumerism solutions and healthcare exchange solutions um, that we produce six times a year, along with our two annuals, which is healthcare consumerism uh, outlook and healthcare consumerism superstars. So we have a vast amount of media properties um, that sit underneath the umbrella of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. And, um, you know, we just serve the market through those and, and push, push day in and day out to really, you know, educate our stakeholders on all that information. Yeah, Brent, I mean, it's a, a that's a great overview. And I think, you know, <clears throat> to kind of reaffirm our mission, when we first started out, our mission was to, you know, bring together all stakeholders at the common purpose of enabling them to learn, share, and connect with each other. So the education component, the learning component is about collaboration, a sense of collaboration, getting peer-to-peer, getting thought leaders, getting academia, you know, bringing them into one place and bringing the information into one place that they can find, uh, that they can make accessible. Mm -hmm. You know, some new things that we're doing that the market may not know about yet uh, or just find out about is privatehealthcareexchange.com, something I know that you and Jonathan are very excited about, Brent, because you guys have worked very hard on it. And and the goal there is to be the definitive guide on private exchanges. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not trying to play a consulting role like some are. We're not trying to play an evaluation role. We're trying to be that first stop to help people know, hey, where are the various private exchanges and what models exist out there and what geographic areas are covered. And I think at the latest count, we're what, about 165 private exchanges? Right. 165 was our last, um, you know, database update, 165 exchanges um, that are listed in there, which, as you mentioned, gives all the geographical information and plus much, much more information. information in there that people can um, gather and and again we do this on the radio program anyone who wants um, a discount to the subscription there's a monthly subscription and a yearly subscription if you go to promo code or the promo code area and type in ihc radio all caps um, it will give you a discount on either subscription uh, model that you'd like to choose the one we talk to people about um, most of the times is the the yearly subscription for the main reason that this there's so many exchanges that are coming out if you just subscribe for a month you're going to miss some updates where this could go from 165 to 195 in a month's process and you're going to miss some of those exchanges that get updated to it so that's why we we recommend the yearly um, subscription for everybody um, IHC radio all caps in that promotion code and and we do I, I forgot to leave out some newsletters that we we send out we send out a newsletter almost every day um, I think Tuesday we don't send one out but Monday Wednesday Thursday Friday we do send a newsletter out whether it's healthcare consumerism solutions today whether it's healthcare exchange solutions whether it's private healthcare exchanges.com or whether it's some custom um, e-newsletters that we're doing with potential um, with our customers who want to get in front of our audience to showcase their products and solutions and um, you know Doug I know you're doing a custom roadshow with uh, Castlight Health you know in the yeah. mid-Atlantic in the in the Midwest 
we're excited about that. We're going to be uh, September 17th and 18th in um, Baltimore on the 17th and uh, Tyson's Corner, Virginia on the 18th. And then we'll be in Chicago on the 24th of September. Uh, you can go to our site, theiacc.com, and access uh, this breakfast series under the events tab. And the role of this panel discussion, the role of this roadshow, is really to communicate to the market about where technology like the cloud is enabling the assimilation of data more accessible. We can pull data from more multiple places and have it accessible to the employers from their data analytic point of view, and then also create it accessible to the consumers, the employees and their family, to help them in their healthcare purchases and their healthcare decisions. The other thing too, Brent, is you talk about what we're doing here at the Institute is that, you know, you talk about the newsletters, you talk about the magazine, you talk about that. If if you haven't become a free member, sign up to become a free member because that's how you get those materials. And uh, also take a look at becoming a, a base level a $99 member because I don't, I don't know how many people are aware that we have videos up there of all our general sessions and our pre-cons from our events. And if somebody's curious as to what type of content, what interaction is happening in a forum, you know, go go look at the videos. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, not only can you share those with your peers and others, but other organizations market those videos for $599. We're not trying to do that. We're trying to enhance the value in the marketplace, provide more accessibilities so our industry can learn, connect, and uh, share together. Our certification program, we've talked about many a time, it can be find, found uh in the IHC University, you know, I was with a key producer yesterday, and, you know, they asked me what the difference was to what NAHU does. Well, NAHU is a partner of ours in a lot of ways. They're doing our self-funding certification. We're not trying to do what NAHU does or what our organizations. Ours is about healthcare consumerism mm-hmm. and helping our, you know, the individuals that become certified not only have those credentials but become more uh, aware and educated on all the different moving parts, as you just stated, of healthcare consumerism mm-hmm. and all the generations of healthcare consumerism that an organization should be moving through as it puts its uh, programs in place. And that, uh, just to clarify, that $99 um, premium member rate is for the, the employers, out, you employers out there, you brokers out there, and, and health plans, TPAs who are all trying to to really understand the whole healthcare consumerism marketplace and how fast it's moving. Um, and that does get you access to some certain areas within the website um, that is only available to premium members. So there's the value for becoming a premium member um, to get access to, to things that free members um, don't really get access to. I'd look at it like my ESPN account, my insider account. I got my insider account and I got my, you know, you can browse just the website. I'm not sure how people know that. You can become a free member and that gets you you some good benefits and then you can become. So we urge you at least to consider if you're not a free member, become a free member, get to know us and, you know, then go on and uh, become a a premium member. You know, you talk about the awards and I don't want to leave this segment without, you know, talking about the awards because our our awards have really grown uh, and very participatory from the marketplace. And to our listeners out there, if you've submitted some of these nominations, we can't thank you enough because it's it's getting inside the industry to recognize people doing good stuff, organizations and their teams doing good stuff. And that's from the employers to the brokers, consultants, you know, uh 
producers out there, producers out there, regional health plans, TPAs, and solution providers. I mm-hmm. mean, it recognizes superstars and and innovators. And you know, we'll be making more of these announcements as we and over the coming weeks. But we're very pleased. You know, our our JJ Robbins Senior Memorial Leadership Award, which is uh, means a lot to to me because John Robbins was a dear friend of mine and supporter of the institute early on. Who was the founder of uh, DataPath and. You know, you know, we're recognizing Chet Burrell, the CEO of Care First, doing some really good stuff with with his health plan. And our CEO Leadership Award, uh, you know, we've got five different CEOs recognized from five different segments. You know, Jeff Young, the uh, CEO of Evolution One, you know, a real leader in the space, now acquired by a public company, Wex, which is a validation of where they're going to be going in the space to serve this market. Uh, Jack Dami, uh, CEO of Atachi uh, Data Systems, an employer, that, and you know, for organiza- for to work in organizations, it's, it's the CEO who that's buying in and guiding this to help their HR and benefit teams, employee population. He's just doing some very innovative stuff around consumerism. Mike Natazio with a HNI Risk, a uh, very innovative broker. Michael Bracken uh, from here in the southeast, CEO of Medcom, a very innovative TPA in the space. And then Kent Grenwald, uh, uh, chairman of the Foundation for Chiropractic, uh, Chiropractic Progress, which, again, is a, a slice of the piece that helps organizations improve productivity and control their health care spend, doing some very, very innovative things and a real champion, you know, of consumerism and of, and of certainly, you know, chiropractic and where it and, and, and role it plays. So that's just a flavor of some of the award winners that are being uh, recognized uh, in the space. Some of the innovators, and we've already covered some of those, but some of the innovators, the top five innovators that we're recognizing, and there's a total of, I think, one Brent 25. And you just heard one on the last yep. segment. Yep. Solstice Benefits as one of the, the industry innovators with what they're doing with their exchange and, and the other moving pieces that you heard that they have around the voluntary ancillary side of things. And then you look at a uh, company, Go Health, which is up in Chicago, and um, very innovative company that's been really in the exchange space for a long time and uh, got a really good nomination for them, really went and did some homework on what they were doing. So very, very innovative information um, that they provided us, and and we went and vetted it, and it and they're doing some really good things there. Um, so there's, as Doug mentioned, there's going to be some other announcements that we're going to make uh, to the market, you know, in upcoming programs, and then we're we're actively we have the editorial team led by Jonathan Field going out and um, actually they're they're getting the pieces together for the issue that's going to be put together and uh, be out in front of the market the first week in October and uh, everybody so everybody will get that make sure you're a free member of the institute to make sure that you do get that issue um, and then not to leave it these award winners will be recognized at IC Forum West so right. be a, not only they're going to be part of the program but this will be a special uh, recognition uh, you know segment so a lot happening at the institute if you haven't you know come to us uh, recently you know, um, you know, take a look at what we're doing with the IHC. Our listeners really thank you for joining us uh, every Friday. And Brent, and some of the some of the names that you heard here, um, we're actually inviting them to be part of the program for IHC Forum West, and 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 that's really the goal f- the, for what we have. We want to. F- we want to identify, as Doug led kind of this, this news and views off, we want to identify the people that are doing the innovative stuff inside of their organizations, whether it's the CEO, whether it's a health plan, whether it's a broker. 
whether it's um, you know anyone else, a solution provider out there that's got a great product that that's innovative in this market, we want to make sure that we're bringing them into the fold. Whether it's at our events, which we're going to do, we're we're extending invitations to all these people who've won awards to come out, um, one be recognized, but then let's let's hear them talk about what they're doing yep, and learn from what they're doing, so and they can share the information, and then you can connect with them out there and and figure out. Hey, they did something that that makes sense for me to do as well. I need to go that direction. So um, the Super Saver rate is still still available for IHC Forum West. It um, ninety nine dollars. That gets you full conference um, admission. Gets you into um, some of the things that we're doing around the workshops. We do have the pre conferences there, as you heard Doug on the um, first segment talk about what we're doing out there with Las Vegas Heels. Um, we're going to actually put this first segment up on uh, the pre-conference area so you can access that. And to everybody, stay tuned for the next segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. PrivateHealthcareExchanges.com. Have you checked out the only online guide where employers, health plans, brokers, and consultants can navigate private exchange and defined contribution markets? Browse PrivateHealthcareExchanges.com today. The emergence of private health insurance exchanges represents perhaps the most significant shift in how Americans purchase health benefits in years. As employers move their employee population into private exchanges, this trend is on a growth projection into the 2015 benefit year and beyond, according to research published by Allegis Technologies. Visit PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com today to browse our national searchable directory and for Healthcare Exchange Solutions magazine and newsletter. Be sure to submit your listing for inclusion in this groundbreaking guide at www.PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com. That's www.PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com. Hey, everybody. Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. And it's that time again. I want to make you aware of IHC Forum West, November 10th through 12th at the Red Rock Casino in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. We do have $99 Super Saver rates now available. Visit our website, theihcc.com, to register. Hi, this is Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. If you're a solution provider in this marketplace, I'd like to talk to you more about our corporate membership program that will allow you to showcase your solutions in front of our audience who will be making decisions on what they're going to be putting in place surrounding their healthcare benefit packages in 2013 and beyond. Contact me at 770-296-7276 to learn more. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Hey, this is Doug Field, CEO of the Institute of Healthcare Consumers, along with my co-host Brent Macy, Managing Director. And welcome back to this segment, Healthcare Consumers and Radio. Uh, kind of continued discussion on all the different moving parts. We're going to take a look at, you know, the whole health assessment and wellness side of the equation. Uh, joining us today to kind of lead this discussion with us is founder and CEO of BioQ, Justin Vellante. Justin, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you guys? We're great. Hey, good to have you on the program. I haven't seen you in a while. Great to have you here. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah. Justin, give our audience a background on BioIQ, and then we'll kind of take a deeper dive into some of these other areas. Sure. Uh, BioIQ is a healthcare technology company. We were founded back in 2005, and we specialize in connecting people and populations with uh, solutions to measure what matters most. Uh, typically, that includes things like heart disease, diabetes, hypertension, you know, risk for certain diseases or conditions, uh, with the ultimate goal of you know, creating awareness 
and helping them achieve their optimal health. Uh, and I guess maybe what that means for employers is, you know, that's connecting employees with solutions mm -hmm. to conduct biometric screenings, uh, other types of health assessments, track their incentives. Uh, and beyond that, for health plans and ACOs, that means, you know, engaging and connecting their population uh, with solutions to close gaps or improve HEDIS or STAR ratings. Yeah. You know, Justin, everyone, uh, kind of the hot topics right now is everyone's talking about mobile, everyone's talking about wearables, and those are can be two of the same or different discussions. Uh, where do you see, uh, what do you see the impact of mobile wellness being uh, near term and then long term? Yeah, well, I think it's, you know, it's as healthcare has evolved, uh, we've definitely seen really over the last eight years an increasing emphasis on uh, experience mm -hmm. and usability. And mobile is one of those things that, you know, really improves the user experience. Uh, it makes it easier for people to uh, connect with healthcare solutions to get engaged. Uh, and it's also one of those things that addresses, you know, kind of an ongoing need we see is, is just access. Uh, so it makes it easier for them yep. to access uh, the healthcare system, whether it's, from our perspective, things to help them measure their health or ultimately uh, giving them easy, convenient access to their results or information on you know, what to do next after you've had uh, some type of measurement or gotten your results. Yeah, as we all sit here with our mobile phones within arm's reach, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, tell us more about what you specifically are doing with mobile. Yeah, so uh, from BioIQ's perspective, it's, you know, we've focused on, you know, when we connect a population with solutions to measure their health, typically we're connecting them with the ability to conduct an on-site screening, go to a local lab or a retail pharmacy, go to their physician, or to send them an at-home test kit. So we're really focused on giving them access to a lot of you know, kind of convenient ways to measure and understand their health. Uh, so mobile, uh, for us, is a tool that allows people to, you know, basically any time uh, in their daily life uh, at their own convenience to go on, you know, open up their phone, uh, schedule a screening, find a local lab or retail pharmacy even as they're, you know, out and about during the day uh, or order a test. Uh, and then as a result of that also to be able to, you know, once those tests or screenings are conducted, at any point in time to be able to view their results, uh, to see those results integrated into an assessment, to get an understanding of how those results might impact an incentive program that they're in, mm -hmm. uh, and to see next steps. So it's really just kind of taking the existing platform we've built, uh, and as you said before, just making it you know, convenient, putting it in the palm of their hand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Justin, this is Brent. So um, just so I understand with the employers, would they, need, they would need to have their populations download an app onto their phone that that then allows them to get into this platform and utilize it. Is that correct? It's a it's a great question, and it's uh, you know we decided not to go the route of a native app. Okay, uh, I think that that's becoming less common. Really, what we noticed uh, looking across our population is uh, in the past about you know a third of our users were accessing our platform online mm -hmm. uh, via a smartphone. So our goal was really to, you know, improve that experience and create 
basically a technology platform and a portal that's optimized for mobile okay. devices. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really kind of a web-optimized site as opposed to a native app on the phone. Now, there's, I'm assuming there's the dashboard for We the Employer too, right, there's, that simulates all the data and makes it accessible to, to the employer? Exactly. Yeah, and that's you know, kind of been you know, one of the hallmarks of our programs is we not only focus on the experience of an employee, mm-hmm. but as you said, focus on the experience of the employer and the administrators of a program, and that's kind of giving them access to uh, real-time data and real-time dashboards. Uh, and, of course, those can be accessed on any device, uh, whether it's an iPhone, iPad, uh, or a laptop. Justin, um, if I'm a health plan out there listening right now, is there a value for me in this solution? Are you talking to health plans about possibly integrating your product with theirs? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, you know, there's really two avenues from a health plan perspective. One is, you know, bundling this solution with uh, some of their other wellness and behavior change solutions. Mm-hmm. So using this platform as a way to engage people, connect them with solutions to measure their health, uh, and then the health plan provides a lot of the infrastructure for interventions or next steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing we're seeing within health plans is you know, increasingly uh, using these types of tools to engage their you know, Medicare and Medicaid populations mm-hmm. when it comes to you know, getting them engaged getting them compliant with best practices in screening and health measurement, ultimately with the goal of improving, you know, kind of HEDIS ratings or STAR ratings. Justin, so really it's kind of twofold from a health plan perspective. Can the, can the same be said for the opportunity for what you do uh, to be done in conjunction with some of the traditional, what they call the traditional population health companies uh, right out, out in the market today? Yeah, I think, you know, Really, you know, across the healthcare spectrum, yeah. I mean, we see a general need of just uh, getting people engaged, making it easy for them to measure their health, uh, and then you know, ultimately to manage that data. So once someone, once you've created awareness of a condition or a risk, getting that data quickly integrated into a next step, whether it's you know, a, a nurse call center for follow-up or into a health assessment or you know, any of the interventions uh, that we see across the healthcare spectrum, and you know, in general, when it comes to measurement, again, we've been seeing a real increased emphasis on that, uh, just given the focus on quality. And as we're trying to measure quality, we're trying to measure outcomes. Uh, of course, you know, those are really based upon health improvement. Uh, so, you know, it's been kind of a boon to us to see, you know, a real focus on, you know, we're just you know, fundamental measurement of health uh, as a backbone for. Uh, a lot of what we're trying to achieve in healthcare these days. Excellent. Now, Justin, you you talked about you're you're stretching across the whole um, healthcare space, and the one thing that that we're seeing, and I'm sure you're seeing, is the emergence of these private exchanges out there. And and Doug and I were actually at a, a panel discussion with three of the the leading exchanges out there, and the one thing that they said is if they do not have a robust health and wellness um, platform within their exchanges, their exchanges will not bend the cost curve. So are you guys actively looking at the exchanges that are launching out there and and having conversations with them about how you might work together? Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. And I think you know, one of the benefits BioIQ has had is we really started kind of in the consumer space mm-hmm. uh, when we began the company back in 2005. 
and went from a consumer product and moved into uh, population health management. So as we look at some of the private exchanges and the ways that they're looking to engage individuals, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the consumer friendliness, the focus on that experience, uh, it, you know, it's, it's really playing into those conversations for us. So, yeah, like, like you said, a lot of conversations uh, and a lot of opportunity in that area. Justin, we got about um, two minutes left on the program, and and one want to allow you to leave the audience with a couple good takeaways for um, you know what they need to be looking at when they when they're considering your solution and some of the the challenges that they face within their whether it's their employee population or their member population if they're a health plan, and then let our audience know how they can find you. Sure. Well, I think you know one of the real differentiators as we've been talking about throughout is just. You know, a focus on the individual experience. And it's very difficult to get people to engage in solutions when it's not easy or convenient. Uh, so one of the things that BioIQ provides is a really consumer-friendly platform, uh, an easy way of accessing uh, a wide variety of options to screen and understand their health, uh, and then comprehensive data management throughout. So to make sure at the end of the day, once you complete a screening, that data is getting integrated in real time into health assessments, health coaching portals, incentive dashboards, all the things you need to really drive behavior change in action uh, from you know any participant's perspective. Uh, so to find find out more about BioIQ, probably the easiest way is to go to www.bioiq. That's B-I-O-I-Q.com. Hey, Justin, we really appreciate you joining us on the radio program uh, this morning. I know it's early for you out there, and uh, we'd love to have you join us at IHC Forum West if you think you can make it. Going to have a lot of good discussions around you know, some of the things we talked about today. And uh, to the rest of our audience, uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you next week. Hope everyone has a great long weekend, and uh, we'll see you next week on Healthcare Consumerism Radio. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.